This might be a good one to start with, just to give an update on the whole drama that is Julian Assange going on. Right, I did hear something recently, but I didn't listen because I had someone in the back talking. Yeah, well, it basically came out last Friday, which would be June 19th, I believe. British government on Friday, June 19th, ordered the extradition of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange to the United States to face charges of spying a milestone, but not the end of a decade-long legal saga sparked by his website's publication of classified U.S. documents. If you're not aware of who Julian Assange is at this point, I don't think there's much point in bringing you up to date. <laughs> to be perfectly blunt about it, he was the WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, that's good enough. Home Secretary Pretty Patel signed the extradition order on Friday, her department said. It follows a British court ruling in April that Assange could be sent to the US. The Home Office said in a statement that the UK courts have not found that it would be oppressive, unjust, or an abuse of process to extradite Mr. Assange. Nor have they found that the extradition would be incompatible with his human rights, including his right to a fair trial and to freedom of expression, and that whilst in the US, he will be treated appropriately, including in relation to his health. Obviously, he has some time, I believe it's 14 days, to appeal this decision, so he's going to do that. That's yeah. where we're at with this, but he's very close to being extradited to the US. But while I was learning about this, I found another article. That one right there just came from CBC. It was the quickest one to give you an update on kind of like the main part of it. Mm -hmm. This article, it's from The Telegraph in the UK, originally kind of researched by Yahoo. Did the US plot to assassinate Julian Assange? A judge wants answers from Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo has been summoned by a Spanish court to testify over claims the US plotted to assassinate Julian Assange. Judge Santiago Pedras of Spain's National Court is leading an investigation into whether Spanish security firm UC Global spied on Mr. Assange while providing security for the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where the Australian resided from 2012 to 2019. A spokesman for Spain's National Court told The Telegraph that Judge Pedras had sent a request to the US authorities to call the former US Secretary of State as a witness. There has been no reply as of yet. The alleged plot was first revealed by Yahoo News last November and the outlet reported that senior CIA and Trump administration officials discussed the possibility of kidnapping or killing Mr. Assange after being angered by WikiLeaks 2017 publication of CIA hacking tools. Discussions took place at the highest levels of the Trump administration, according to the report. Basically, the only reason this is going through the Spanish courts is because it was security firms that were being paid by the US to spy on and potentially murder or kidnap Assange. I was, that was going to be my question. So you answered all my questions. <laughs> okay. Lawyers are presenting Mr. Assange in Spain, including the former judge Balstar Garzon, alleged that, wow, I did the French version of that. Garzon. No, that's the Italian. How would you do the Spanish? Garzon. That, that sounds too French. Anyhow, Bal Mr. Balistar alleges that the U.S. orchestrated the espionage effort against the activist, with UC Global placing microphones and cameras in the embassy to spy on his private conversations and meetings. I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what comes of that. Probably nothing, because that requires international coordination. I was just going to say, I would put and money on the nothing. U.S. to agree, which they won't. They won't, no. But yeah, we'll see where that goes, and we'll keep you guys updated, as we always say we will, on the Julian Assange fiasco. And as, as we goes. have, we've not let that down at all. So go back and sporadically listen to our openers and you'll find stuff. You know where it is. It's somewhere yeah. in there. At least at least three times. If you only found yeah. two, go listen again. It's probably on Dinosaur Ghosts. Just saying. And if you don't hear it the first time through on Dinosaur Ghosts, try a third or fourth time perhaps. And tell a friend.
It's probably there. <laughs> it's a good episode, guys. And with that, let's get on to this dinosaur ghost episode. Just kidding. Previously on Journey to the Fringe. But Chelsea, this is the moment you've been waiting for right here. Oh, good. Oh, what is it? Now for the stunning conclusion of David Wilcock, part two. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Larry Sayers shows up, a nine-time Grammy Award-winning recording engineer, guitarist, and composer. And he heard David on Art Bell and booked a reading for the next available slot, which wasn't until January of 2005. I love that he had to put that in there. By the way, I was back booked for several months. <laughs> and I couldn't even take in this Grammy Award winner. In the phone call, he told David he really wanted to work on a music project with him. A week later, David flew out to Electric Larry Land Studios in Austin, Texas. And together they created the content and musical soundtrack for a three CD series based on convergence material entitled The Science of Peace. Oh my god. This is the one. I tried to find it on Spotify. It doesn't exist, which is just so sad. I'm not paying 60 bucks for that bumper music though. Sorry guys. It like is? That. No. Yeah. No, we're not doing no. it. Not worth it. Like 20 bucks we might. But it's 60 now. No, 20 bucks no. Unless if that's what you guys want, like let us know and start donating cuz we will get it. <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe. If you guys can get to 50 bucks, we'll get the next 10. <laughs> the CD series is intended for study. Hold on, groups. it's on YouTube. It's removed. Also, if you guys are ever trying to find David Wilcox's band, there is another artist by the name of David Wilcox with an X at the end of his name. He's in a fairly famous band. I can't remember which one, though. So it's really hard to find his band. Or any talk of his band, because that David Wilcox comes up. Now, the CD series is intended for study groups. This musical exploration of convergence. Just so we're on the same page. One disc per meeting. And the major points are reiterated on each new disc as it goes along, making it easier to retain all the information. The music ranges from ambient electronica to jazz, fusion, and many points in between. <laughs> It is yet to be publicly released due to information conflicts with the Convergence film. But we should be out by the spring of 2007. <laughs> I don't understand what he thinks a biography is. David first met Billy Blake in February of 2005 after a conference at a Science of Mind Center in Pasadena on Valentine's Day. The context David made at Hoagland's conference, particularly through Robert Perella, led to this opportunity. Billy was awed by David's presentation and said that if it were turned into a film, it would be incredible. Thus the convergence. And convergence is in all caps, so you have to yell it, I guess. You have to yell it. Convergence! The realization of gold medal prophecy. David spent most of 2005 combing through his entire nine-foot archive of science books. Oh. Nine feet. To come up with the new arrangement of material to better present his concepts in a documentary. He stopped taking clients for readings in August of 2005 to devote his full energy to the film. And he came up with a trilogy of new material, none of which is really covered in the Convergence 
Sorry, Convergence books, but helps further explain the underlying concepts. A full book explaining the new material will be released in conjunction with each new film. Bruce fully moved into the Avalon Utility Shed in October of 2005. Oh, no. Since David was preparing to move to LA for the film, they just swapped spots. Oh my lord. A variety of delays and negative greetings made it financially impractical for David to move until February 2006. Avalon was shut down soon after Bruce moved out of David's house due to lack of funding and Bruce moved back out west as of July 2006. No further volunteers for LL or Avalon are being accepted as of August 2006. Still unsure of who that is. Leaving the core team of Carla, Jim, and Gary at the main site. For Carla, Jim, and Gary. I'm very confused as to who these people are. David now lives directly off of Montana Avenue in Santa Monica, California. Great location for Hollywood work. Great. And it fully supported his job as producer and creative director of Convergence. Fantastic. The decision was made in 2006 to leave the documentary film for the special feature section of the DVD and have the main film be a dramatic adaptation of the material. None of the three films discuss any potential connections between David Wilcock and Edward Casey. <laughs> they all focus on hard provable scientific facts that dramatically change our view of reality. David will star in the documentary, but any characters resembling himself will be played by a recognized professional actor in the theatrical version. What the fuck? Yeah. Did this- this happened? I have no idea. There's so fucking much about this guy that, like, you can only do so much. Okay. Convergence. Is there an exclamation mark? No, just capitalize all of it. Convergence! Nothing about the basement he was renovating. Nothing at all, no. Okay. That's fine. I can't find anything immediately off of that quick Google that I did, so I'm done with it, so we can move on. <laughs> David co-authored a potential convergence script between January and May 2006 that did not fit Hollywood quality standards enough to attract larger investors. <laughs> Again, he wrote it that way. <laughs> Jesus. He wrote it in a way that I, he fooled me. He, I thought he had this. For fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, this is incredible writing. Still feeling too much like a documentary in disguise. So the whole project was handed over to a professional screenwriter in early June 2006. And the new first draft is expected to be completed by the end of September 2006 or earlier. We are all very excited about what the finished product will look like and the effects it will have on mass consciousness. The concepts are so revolutionary that even the most well-read metaphysical scholar will likely be surprised and entertained. It is also not written over the average viewer's head because of the brackets. David continues to perform psychic readings on the world events and personal growth issues, and his work can be found throughout this site and in our and works, including music-only projects. Good for him. Doesn't look like he ever made that movie. Okay. Wilcock finally finishes this novel of a biography off with quotes on reincarnation throughout the years to buttress his argument that he is in fact Edgar Casey. Here we go. And finally, of all things, he starts with a Plato quote. The soul returns to Earth in a body similar to its last one and has similar talents and inclinations. Plato, I wouldn't even start with that if that were me. And it's going to be, yeah. I swear to God. I lost my train of thought. Continue. 
Here next is a quote from Thinking and Destiny, H.W. Percival. Pictures of the average person taken at corresponding periods of two or even several lives would show little difference. The physical parents may or may not be the same, but the features furnished by heredity, no matter from what parents, are the same for a string of lives with the ordinary person. And here the last one, of course, from Edgar Cayce himself in A Search for God, with, of course, shortenings throughout. The senses are registered in our physical bodies in such a way that they are stamped upon our very faces. The senses seek expression of the inner self, of which our physical bodies are material representations. For not only do the impressions received through the senses show forth that which is magnified in a single appearance or experience, but the whole impressions that have been received through all of our experiences, the registering being in our souls. I have no idea how that fucking applies to the situation at all, but that's what they said. And it's an Edgar Case quote, so. I'm like 100% certain at this point that I can prove to everybody that I am the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. And not only that, these people giving these quotes are like hereditary. That's not even a thing when we're talking about, what is it again? Reincarnation. No, that quote said it is. Heredity is a thing. It's not. When it comes to reincarnation. Plato said it. It has to be true. And you you know what like we went to school we know like confirmation bias and stuff like this this isn't even confirmation bias this is just somebody making shit up and it's not even playing to his point he's just like randomly throwing shit in to be fair david wilcock didn't want to do this edgar casey made him do it begrudgingly you bring up a really good point edgar casey was like i'm not gonna do it in this life but edgar casey's gonna do it in the next life but david wilcock's gonna be in the next life but jokes on him because it's actually me and now i'm gonna just prove to you guys that it's me not david wilcock i could do it like, I could give that crazy, like, 1900s look, that weird 1900s look, but on a top hat. Honestly, just find a different photo of Edgar Casey. Yeah. It's a terrible photo they found, and he tried to match it to a T. Oh, you could do that with literally anybody, especially with the photo from the 1900s. And actually, can you pull that photo right up? Right now? Like, yeah, pull it up. I, I just noticed something I need to talk to you about. Edgar Casey. It's gonna be one of the first ones that comes up. No, that's videos. Got it. Okay, look at look at the picture of David Wilcock. He fucking took the entirety of the background and his body out of the photo. And he drew in lines for his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I am just noticing this for the first time. Oh my god, he did. Oh my gosh. I think he also accentuated the thing on his chin. The chin dimple. Yeah. This is heavily photoshopped. Wow. Like, look at how little his ears are compared to Edgar Casey. His eyebrows aren't the same. Yeah, his nose is significantly the different. Are, the lips are different. Edgar Casey's nose is pointing up. David Wilcox is down. His chin's different. Edgar Casey has a much wider jawline. Edgar Casey's wearing a hat. David Wilcock is not. Why wouldn't he just put the hat on? <laughs> like, it makes it, it sells it so much more. Like this is not, no, it's not even similar. When you actually, at first look, when you look at it, he changed the color. He drew his shoulder in. 
he literally took it with the same expression on his face, but I can do this. I can do this. I'm Edgar Casey. I swear I can do it. Well, to be fair, but that's the only reason you can do it is because you are Edgar Casey. Yeah. Nobody else could really do it. Yeah, I look as much like Edgar Casey as David Wilcock does. So that's his biography on his website that is still up and it is about 15 years out of date at this point. Wow, that is some good content. Thank you. Personally, from Journey to the Fringe to you, David Wilcock. We love your biography. That thing that you didn't know you needed in your life and that you now know I needed alcohol to get through is now forever ingrained in your brain. You are welcome. That was really good. I appreciated that. I, You know, I never got so far as his photo where he put fat photo of him. <laughs> I love that he put the fat photo. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure where he's going with that, but nonetheless. And then he put his little quote about his award that he got for not being fat anymore. Yeah. I am so sorry, but like, I am not trying to fat shame. I am trying to David Wilcox shame. There is a significant difference. we're not doing that at all. And I just feel for anyone who's ever written a resume, we've all done better than that biography that is still currently up on David Wilcox's website. I do fully understand why he has to do what he does. It's because he can't get a regular job with that resume. Not with that resume, no. And that's fixable. So that's not the only thing on Divine Cosmos. Divine Cosmos also has a lot of his free books, which Convergence is three of them. There's a ton on there. Is that a script or a book? There are three books. I didn't bother to read them just because I didn't have time. And like, there's so, he wrote so fucking much. We've realized in all of this that he has enough time to put out a shit ton of content, all of which obviously we cannot get to as an asterisk right here, right now. We cannot possibly take in all the David Wilcock content because we personally probably, we stopped caring after a certain amount of time and we realized that this guy is out to fucking lunch. But Convergence, right? Convergence? Convergence! By all reports of him, is it a script or is it a book or what is it? It was three books which somebody in Hollywood read and loved and like, oh yeah, we should totally make it into a movie. And then he- read it though, did he say? Yeah, he did, I can't remember. It's the guy who moved into the shed. (laughs) And then the shed shut down. Okay, the shed shut down. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, cool. So you can still go check out Divine Cosmos today. It is still up and running in its glory 2006 days. On there also, he has his bio, he has the home, he has the free books, he has the store. Um, If you want to buy meditations from him, I think, because I've seen some of his videos of him at conferences, it's him going, oh, for a minute and a half. Okay, I don't. I don't feel like (laughs) we want to plug that, but you do you. Yeah, I think the money's better spent getting us those CDs. Yeah. Personally. But he also has his blog, and my god, there is so much in this fucking blog. It is, how many pages are there? There are 24 pages, dating back to 96. So he did move over some of what he considers his better ascension2000.com stuff to Divine Cosmos. And even he moved some stuff over that he doesn't necessarily think is right, but he wants to show that he's not perfect. 
So he has this one with a specific quote in there, and this is exactly what he put. This was one of the very first posts I ever made on Ascension2000.com website after establishing it in February of 99, including content I had already written starting in 98. It is included for historical purposes. At the time, I was listening to a lot of Art Bell and got caught up by the fervor of the idea that either a pole shift or Y2K computer collapse was imminent. I mean, who didn't? People on these types of shows believe the idea so strongly that it had quite an effect on my own thoughts, causing me to interrupt my data selectively so as to support the concept. This is partly included as a warning to everyone about what can happen when you get too caught up in the fear and doom climate on the internet, oh, which will sake. always tell you that disaster is right around the corner. Thankfully, I grew out of this space fairly quickly. Thank God, David Wilcox. Yeah, of course he did. We'll see in the next episode that he completely grew out he of He grew that. out of it. Uh, with yeah. Ascension2000.com. Like, he left that behind, even though he copied and pasted it onto Divine Cosmo. I just, this guy, every now and then, verbally states, like, his understanding that he doesn't understand, and then just keeps going like he just said yeah i got caught up in it and it, it, it happens and like he fully understands what happened and like just immediately gets caught by the exact same thing he does and i'm just gonna state right here because i'm thinking about it more on topic i was also watching an interview with him and someone else on jenny mccarthy and he kept saying and everything that he was talking about was from my understanding this is this from my understanding, this is this. So he came into a little bit of enlightenment where he started saying, this is my understanding. Well, and this is where I'm gonna talk about this. This guy has done none of his own studies. The guy has briefly read- Russian studies. No, he has read paragraphs of the synops of Russian studies. He has oh, not okay. read the studies. Like he understands a paragraph of these and we're gonna get into this of how wrong he is and how he applies science pre our changeover. So that is all that. Like, I don't know what just happened, but it happened to us. <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened either. Like, that was just a blur. We are kind of sort of better for having heard that. I'm not sure. It may have taken away from my lifespan by a few years, to be honest with you. Yeah. But we're here. It is what it is. Where I want to go with this now is I did find out Coast to Coast AM on their website has a biography of all the people that they bring on their show. Yeah, of So course. I thought, huh, let's compare David Wilcox's personal biography to what Coast to Coast has to say about him. This is a good idea. I'm glad you came up with that. Thank you. And this is it. You have a doctorate in something, that's for sure. In conciseness, yes. yes. Or comparison. Comparison <laughs> studies. This is what Coast to Coast says. David Wilcock is a professional intuitive consultant who since reading Richard C. Hoagland's The Monuments of Mars in 93 has intensively researched ufology, ancient civilizations, consciousness science, and new paradigms of matter and energy. He's the author of a critically acclaimed trilogy of scientific research works known as Convergence Series, which gives definitive support to the idea that a change in matter energy and consciousness is now occurring on the earth and throughout the solar system. Wilcock has appeared on broadcast television, lectured throughout the United States and Japan, published a variety of magazine articles, and appeared on numerous radio talk shows. He is the co-author of the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce, which they didn't put the question mark on there, now available in bookstores nationwide, and a summary of his latest scientific work appears therein. 
where a breakthrough case of mass spontaneous DNA evolution on Earth is unveiled. David is also an accomplished musician and composer within a variety of styles, including jazz fusion, (laughs) meditative, and world music. There's so much to unpack in that. First off, he cannot stop talking about his band. Cue the part where I include the band's talk. In my lecture tours, you also get to hear music from the album Wanderer Awakening. This is another product that's available on my website, and you actually get to see me perform these songs live in front of an audience when I do these conferences. So what I've done is to take many of the themes that you hear in pop music about how much in love someone is, or about how sad and devastated someone is, and I shed new light on what those themes really involve. And obviously a lot more influence from Richard C. Hoagland than is actually given in his own bio. And I think here is where I can actually now say what he's really famous for within the UFO community. And that is for his prediction that humans are going to spontaneously evolve into beings of deity-like qualities. They're able to fly, they're able to spontaneously heal themselves, and they're able to control the passage of time forward and back. And this is after the ascension, right? The ascension. It's an ascension. Which he has predicted to occur in both the year 2000 and the year 2012. And in fact, my portion of the story, we're going to leave it as a cliffhanger, ends on December 21, 2012, the day of ascension. But we're not quite there yet. Oh, I was just going to say that was the perfect way to end the episode. Like, bam. No, it will be. But yeah. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) But that's his big claim. And he backs his claims up with many scientific studies, which I just need to clear up. Because if it's out there with how terrible he's describing them, it it can't be. Like, it just can't. So the first one, it's the weirdest thing I have seen somebody say. A laser shined through a frog egg into a salamander egg can transform the DNA of the salamander in the egg so that a frog is born. I remember him talking about this in one of the interviews. Maybe it was the Project Camelot one. Actually, it was one of the first. He says it a lot. And then he extended it too. And he said the same thing can be done with chickens and ducks. So you end up with a chicken duck. The salamander's egg can be shined through with a laser and redirected into a frog's egg and the frog's egg then completely metamorphosizes into a salamander. I showed you chicken eggs that were hatched after being zapped with energy from a duck, and they came out as half duck, half chicken. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, David Wilcock? I found some posts alluding to it. You cannot find the study he's referencing anywhere on the internet. Like, anywhere. If you're looking on Google Scholar or anything, it's not there. Okay. But I did find, and it was on um, like Above Top Secret, I believe, was the website this was on. Oh, God. And it, it was posted by King Atlas in September 12, 2009. I haven't posted in a while, but I recently found this information. It's not brand new, but I couldn't really find anything about it on here. So, quote, Russian scientist immediately <laughs> attracting David Wilcock with the word <laughs> Russian. Dr. Peter Garyev discovered that DNA absorbed light photons in its surrounding area and causes the photons to spiral through the molecule itself. This spiraling effect will continue in the same spot for up to 30 days after the DNA is physically removed from that spot. 
and this effect is called the DNA Phantom. Baryev also shined a gentle laser beam through a developing salamander embryo and redirected it into a developing frog embryo. This caused the frog embryo's DNA to completely recode itself with the instructions to build a healthy adult salamander. Even though the two embryos were in hermetically sealed containers and only the light was allowed to pass through. Hmm, I wonder what else this could do. That's all he quoted. And everybody after that was shitting on him saying, dude, like this is nowhere. Nobody can find this. He probably was quoted as saying, oh, but all the haters are going to say this on the internet. He's yeah, famous exactly. for going after the people who say anything otherwise on him. And then I found like a, a fairly well reasoned out, not scientific paper, but somebody like in this kind of region of science near David Wilcock wrote this. I get lots of suggestions for stories and I really appreciate them, but some of them are too good to be true. An example of this is a story of a giant human skeleton, maybe 40 feet tall, that was discovered by a Russian archaeological team. The story had photos and links accompanying it and looked promising. But when the links were researched, they went in a circle. Each link used the other link as the source. Finally, the elements of the photos turned up and we recognized a good Photoshop job had fooled everyone. I had the same experience this week when I was sent an article about a Russian, again, scientist, Pyotr Garyev, had managed to intercept communications from a DNA molecule in the form of ultraviolet photon light. What's more, he claimed that to have captured this communication from one organism, a frog embryo, with a laser beam and then transmitted it to another organism's DNA, a salamander embryo, causing the latter embryo to develop into a frog. But this was just the beginning. Dr. Garyev claims that this communication is not something that happens only inside the individual cells or between one cell and another. He claims organisms use the light and talk to other organisms and suggested that this could explain telepathy and ESP. It was like human beings already had their own wireless internet based on our DNA. Wow, I tried to find a scientific journal that had this experiment. All I could find were blogs and other websites that carried the same story word for word without any references. So yeah, nobody can find this article that he claims proves that DNA can be, I don't even know, transferred through light. And this is the weird thing. Like he's saying that this change in human evolution is going to be caused by torsion energy coming from the middle of the galaxy. It is so fucking stupid. And I can't even get into how many ways it's stupid that we just have to focus on other things. Well, like, not even it that. It is so fucking if stupid. If it's so hard to find, you would think you would directly source the material, which you should be if you're using not your own He research. doesn't speak Russian. Yeah, but if you're not using your own research, you should be sourcing the material of which you get something, but he's not, and it's leaving everybody to research, like, search for it, and nobody's coming up with anything. Therefore, he's yeah, making exactly. up his no. research. He's doing lazy research, and I get it. When you're writing as much as him, how can you actually have time to do research? I get it, but don't yeah, fucking lie. He has lie. such a huge following that doesn't give a shit. Okay, next claim that he makes is supported by evidence, scientific evidence. Galactic energy is causing evolution to speed up, and he uses a BBC article that is called Human Evolution is Speeding Up. It's by Anna Marie Lever and came out in 2006. We can look and see that human evolution is speeding up. Look no farther than the work of Dr. John Hawkes, an anthropologist from the University of Madison, Wisconsin. He studied rapid evolution, or what's called positive selection, in human beings. And what he found was that in the last 5,000 years, 
human evolution is now moving 100 times faster. And this link comes to you from the BBC News. So clearly this is not being hidden, it's right out there in the open. This is causing humans to get to a point where we're ready to make this big jump to our dietic selves. Yeah, do you remember that? We were ready, but then it just like didn't happen. Like we all yeah. felt it, but then it just didn't. It was a couple seconds, but we yeah. weren't ready. So we just said, nah. Yeah, we were like, we don't want to do the research. Yeah, and he's quoting a very real article. But I feel like he he fell into the trap of only reading the headline. No, like we love. Headlines are amazing sometimes. So this is a direct quote from the article that he cited and saying that human evolution is at an all-time level that we're ready to make the next leap into godlike beings. Okay. 5,000 years is such a small sliver of time, said co-author Professor John Hawks of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's 100 or 200 generations ago. That's how long since some of these genes originated. And today they are in 30 to 40% of people because they've had such an advantage. Yeah, that seems to support him. The researchers propose that there are two factors causing human evolution to speed up. One of them is that there are a lot more people. The more people you have, the more opportunities there are for an advantageous mutation to show up, said Professor Harpenden. Mm. A large population has more genetic variation and allows for more positive selection than a small one. And geez, wouldn't you say that human population has exploded in the last 5,000 years? I would not, just kidding. And now that I think about it, yeah, maybe a little, it's gone up. I would say that human beings did not surpass a billion people until the year 1900. Yeah, I mean, that's within that amount of time. We're at just about 9 billion now. Like, it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling. And yes, that does mean that we're evolving slightly faster. The second part, which is just as important, is environmental change. Our diets have changed. We are in radically new environments. And we are with a large population size, which comes with a lot of new diseases. So they're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're chalking up the fact that we are evolving faster to the fact that we've put ourselves in artificial environments with lots of us. Which makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. The next scientific claim that he uses to explain that humans are evolving at a monumental pace to become gods among men, who are also us, so we're gods among gods. Of course we are. Is the Flynn effect, which is a proven fact that over about a decade's time, the average IQ on an IQ test goes up by three. So we actually need to take that into account and say, adjust the average on an IQ test so that it goes back to 100. You can also see what's called the Flynn effect in which everyone's IQ is increasing by an average of three points per decade. This is not unique to any one country. It's been occurring over 20 different countries and those are only the ones that Dr. Flynn was studying. The change has been going on for more than a century over 100 years. So he's saying that, look, we're always getting smarter, we're going at such a pace, like we can't even keep up with it with just measuring IQ. Like IQ is supposed to measure the inherent intelligence and it just keeps skyrocketing. So of course that means we're gonna be God soon, right? Right, no, I can't, I can't. Oh, can't argue with can't that. consolidate that. As Edgar Casey, I can't consolidate that. Okay, that's fair. The Flynn effect is a very real thing. And in fact, there's an entire Wikipedia page on okay. it as well as more websites. But guess what? I went to the Wikipedia page. Do you know what it says? You don't. I will just tell you. No, I don't. 
before I even get to this part, I need to say IQ tests do not measure inherent intelligence. They measure your ability to do well on an intelligence test. That's it. Yeah, I mean, if you're coming from 1900, you're not going to perform well on an intelligence test from now. And I'm Edgar Casey. I already predicted this. Well, no, but even then, like the only thing an IQ test tells you is how well you do on a test. It doesn't tell you your inherent IQ. People say it does, but it fucking doesn't. Yeah, no, of course it doesn't. But with that out of the way, like there's many different answers to why the Flynn effect actually happens. John Martins and colleagues in 2004 examined scores on intelligence tests given to Norwegian conscripts between 1915 and 2002. And they found that the increase in scores of general intelligence stopped after the mid 1990s and actually started to decline in numerical reasoning and subtests. So the Flynn effect actually doesn't exist anymore. It died out in about the early 2000s. Hmm. So take that, Edgar Casey. I was wrong. And by Edgar Casey, I mean David Wilcox. Okay, David Wilcox as Edgar Casey was wrong on this. But one. also, other people have looked at this. Teasdale and Owen in 2005 examined the results of IQ tests given to Danish male conscripts between 1959 and 1979. The gains were three points per decade. Between 1979 and 1989, the increase approached two IQ points. Between 1989 and 1998, the gain was about 1.3 points. And between 1998 and 2004, the IQ declined by about the same amount as it gained between 1989 and 1998. That's super interesting. Yeah. They speculate that a contributing factor in this recent fall could be simultaneous decline in the proportion of students entering three-year advanced level school programs for 16 to 18 year olds. And the same authors in a more comprehensive 2008 study, again, on a Danish male conscript, found there was a 1.5 point increase between 1988 and 1998, but a 1.5 decrease between 1998 and 2003 to 4. So the Flynn effect has nothing to do with cosmic energy making us smarter. Oh, I wouldn't think so. It basically was us getting better at the tests and then, uh, I don't know, stress or just life slipping away, but we're not doing it anymore. So the Flynn effect's not real. Anymore. I would never blame it on cosmic energy. It's just collective as a whole. We get smarter and better at things as we go along. Yeah. And then my last statement he makes, which I don't even need to disprove. We're just going to talk about it. He said, people are getting happier. Huh. Yeah, it's a 2008 study that says people are getting happier. We also are seeing within the United States that the gap between the people who are the most happy and the most unhappy is narrowing. That means that everything is normalizing and everyone overall is becoming happier. You're seeing less extremes and everyone is balancing out. And both of these are based on surveys in which people are asked questions and we're able to gauge that their happiness is increasing over time. Really? And I don't even, citation not even needed for me to say, yeah, that's laughable at this point. That is, absolutely. So yeah, that's the science he relies on. Again, he is not educated in the ways of science. He has an arts degree. And he was told by Richard Hoagland, who has literally no scientific training, that dude, your research sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then he gives himself a master's degree. Yeah, also graduate studies. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of a ride of... We got one more thing. This is where we're going to end it off. So we haven't talked about this yet, but he has written many books. Despite the fact that he apparently is doing research and doing all this other stuff, he finds so much time to write. Also, that guy I referenced earlier for finding all those horrible prophecies that David Wilcock made. 
Also has very good proof that David Wilcock is just a plagiarist, which to be fair, I hold no alms against him because I plagiarize a lot. I try to cite all my sources, but it's hard. True. So. I see where you're coming from as a fellow podcaster on your same podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But he has written many books. He started in 2002. His first actual book was called Divine Cosmos, Convergence Volume 3. After that, it was The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, Interdimensional Communication and Global Transformation in 2004. I thought Edgar Casey was first. No, actually, Convergence all came out before that. Which I guess the question really is, do you count it as a book if they weren't charging for it? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. After that, The Renewal, a synopsis of possible 2012 changes, which he was involved in with commentary. And where my story ends off, the last thing that he did in my portion of the David Wilcock biography is the source field investigations, the hidden science and lost civilizations behind the 2012 prophecies, where he genuinely believes in 2012 we were going to ascend to the point of being gods among men. Human becomes godlike that is the promise that ultimately even is in the bible all those things i talked about before that's when it was going to happen so we are going to end that there congratulations you now have your diploma you're invited to the i told you so party in 2013. well we still don't know if it happens or not because it's not 2012 yet Exactly. Did man attain the level of God and rise above everything? Did something else cataclysmic happen in 2012? I didn't even talk about the cabals. He brings up so many cabals oh, it's always and cabal secret space things. Yeah. But I just didn't have time because we had all that other stuff. Obviously, we've had two episodes here already. That was a lot. That was a lot to take in. Yeah. I do have a few points to make. Okay, go ahead. My first one. I know I talked about how I'm equally as much Edgar Casey as David. I'm more so Edgar Casey than what David Wilcock is. Yeah, because you haven't charged anybody for readings. I haven't charged anyone for readings yet. I might get there when I realize I need donations. But I just think it's funny. He got into this so young. Like, when I look back on the interviews I started watching of him, he was so young. And I just look back on myself at that age and I'm like, how would you set yourself on the career path of setting yourself as up as Edgar Casey and starting yourself up on this career path? I just, it makes, it's mind blowing to me to be doing this. Like who chooses that for themselves? Like this is the trajectory I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just pretend I'm Edgar Casey and see where it takes me from there. Crazy. Second point I wanna make, probably the last point I wanna make. I did. I was taken in. As I can see, I can see where people are coming from liking David Wilcock. These are people, Taylor and I both watched David Wilcock together because we liked UFOs. We both think a little bit different, like out of the box, I would say, out of the box. Well, and I think we both got involved at least like learning about the 2012 process. Yeah, it, it was that. It was a lot. And of he things. got heavily involved in that group. It was 2012. I don't know that it was 2012. More so as the, this is more where I got into it. And I'm sure you are the same is more the just like, it's not the I know more than you. It, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the not ascension. It's just the like, Oh, he's condescending for sure. Not condescending. It's like, um... Pretentious? 
No, because that's not what would get me onto David Wilcox. It's like the... There's something else. There's something else to this world. Like the UFOs is what got me. The kind of secret government thing that got me. This kind of otherworldly thing. The word is totally escaping me right now. Just that other kind of worldly. There's something else going on to put it at its simplest. And I was into that. I was like, yeah, there probably is something more going on. I want to know more about what this guy is talking about. He would say there's something more that meets the eye, but my band, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that whole thing. Like there were parts of his talks that are actually very captivating and like they draw you in and have, I wouldn't say good points, because the science is terrible, no. but it's interesting. He's it's charismatic. He takes in those people who kind of like UFOs, but then they're like, what's more to UFOs? And he kind of starts talking about it. And then sells them all these extra things. And I can see how it can happen to people who aren't really thinking more about it. But right away to me, maybe not right away. It was like, because his videos, when you first got into it with Project Camelot, like they're an hour, two hours long, which I was okay with it at that time. I just do other stuff. I still love longer podcasts and stuff like that. But then he started... After, you know, you listen to a few podcasts and you're like, oh, enlightened. That's the word I'm looking for. He he takes this enlightened. He's so well, enlightened. He has a certain persona of condescending enlightenment. Yes, that's exactly it. He is a condescending enlightened. So when you're listening to his videos, you're like, well, I can't not agree with him because he's very condescending about people who don't think that way. In which... When you look at people who disagree with him online, he's very condescending towards them as if they're so stupid for disagreeing with him. And you see that all over the internet. And that's us now. And I guarantee you, he's going to be doing Google searches and we'll find this. So hello, David Wilcock. We would welcome you on this show. Yes, we will welcome you. And I challenge you on being Edgar Cayce because I could make as good as an Edgar Cayce. I'd put money on it. Not that much money, but... (laughs) It's David Wilcock for sure. Next episode, I'm going to take off on where we left off. Hold on, hold on. Because I need to finish this off. Now, like, we're leaving this off on the cliffhanger that is December 21st, 2012. That is the convergence. Sorry, convergence. And uh, the coming together of the galactic rays to bring humanity to the next level of ascension where we can control time and space. That's where we're ending. Does it happen? Does it not? Find out next episode on Dragon Ball Z or or Journey (laughs) to the Fringe. Same thing. Hey. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Uh